This series of the For All Mankind podcast is brought to you by the Gardner Family Apothecary. Caring for your sensitive skin with the Elav and Ovel solutions, proudly made in Ireland since 1934. From Ovel Silcox Base to Elav's Sensitive Beauty, their unique formulations provide low irritancy, cruelty-free and sustainable skincare solutions for you, your family and your sensitive skin. You can keep up to date with all of the news, discounts and exclusive offers across Instagram, Twitter and Facebook at Gardner Family Apothecary. Visit GardnerFamilyApothecary.com for free next day delivery with purchases over €25. Euro. Hello and welcome to From Unkind, the podcast. Today's guest is a comedian, podcaster, writer, and mum to Ted. It's Julie J. Thank you so much for having me on the pod. I am a longtime fan. And we are longtime friends. We are. Love you, Pat. Now, I do have to laugh because, okay, this is maybe taking my fangirling too far. I actually had a baby just to get on this podcast. That's how much <laughs> I love the podcast. And do you know what? Uh, when so your other half is actually Fred Cook and I don't know do you know that I know both of you separately I don't know if I've ever said that to you and when I heard that you were like together I was like that makes perfect sense really yeah so Fred Fred and I worked together in Dublin and then I knew you from our, our dingle hangouts no hang on where did you know him from Dublin we worked in RT together no what did yeah. you work oh I think maybe did he mention this to me at some point but I didn't connect the dots because he was asking were you a researcher in something it was on the cafe I think we worked on together I think he said I think he said this the other day actually <laughs> and it was kind of you know you're at that point in lockdown where it's just in one ear out the other totally. but I did not connect it I think he might have said I think that girl worked on it must have been the cafe. That's so funny. And was he nice back then? Be, be he honest. was lovely. Oh, he is a lovely. Doubt. He is a doubt. Do you know what? Because I feel like we have a real myself and Fred because we're both comedians. We slag each other all the time. Like we're always taking the piss. Um, but I'm just mad about him. I just think he's such a cutie pie. <laughs> he is lovely. And you're actually, I love looking at couples and kind of going, do you know what? Like they're the perfect match. Oh, um, I know. Do you know what's funny about that? Because a friend of mine, um, well, like I knew her by the comedy circuit, very nice girl. But I remember because we always joke about this myself and Freddie. You know the way I kind of I orchestrated this whole relationship because we did a gig together in Nall, and you know the way somebody might casually say to you, he lived in Galway at the time, I was living in Dublin, did the gig in Nall, De Nall, as they call it in Dublin. Um, shout out to the Nall, got a lot of fans up there, and he just dropped me to my car and casually said which in itself is hilarious because my car was parked approximately two meters away from his car but he was like do you want to lift your car I was like do I and then as just to get me out of his car he was like look if you're ever in Galway sure let me know which is sick what's that signaling is I want to leave so then he didn't know of course I was this mad one who was then going to orchestrate a reason to be in Galway so I went to Galway purely to meet him for lunch and we went for lunch and it went really well and I texted him after the fact they really enjoyed the lunch and he was like I think he responded with something horrifying like a thumbs up or the equivalent (laughs) 
And then I said, I tried to keep the conversation going. I can't remember how, but you know when you're like, I need to keep this going now because we all know what a thumbs up means. And he didn't get back. And I say this all the time. I said this when I was on the Dahi show on Teach Cahar. And they were all, there was an audible gasp from the team. I was like, he didn't respond to me for two weeks. And then he responded. Now, in the intervening period, of course, I told everyone in the comedy circuit that I'd gone on this date with Fred Cook and he hadn't texted me back and blah, blah. And a friend of mine was like, look, Julie, I just think, I think it wasn't meant to be. I don't think he's the one for you. And it is funny because now I, I quite often think back to that conversation and it's a classic example at this point, especially in our lives, you really cannot offer your two cents on anyone because they might have a baby and marry them. <laughs> and I still remember that comment. I think about it. It was said outside. I think we were on Dane Lane and this person was like, listen, you're, I don't think he's a lovely guy, lovely fella, but I don't think he's the one for you. And you just, you can't do it because they might end up with that person for life. This is very true. Yeah, I'm a fan of fried cook. So there is a much sought after passport, which is like the Kerry passport. And you conveniently locked down in Kerry pregnant just to get the Kerry passport for Ted. Well, yes, no. Okay, so hilariously well we were trying you see we were trying to get pregnant for a while now i know fred it's gas because i say this and i think fred wants people to believe like he just brushed up past me on the bus or something <laughs> and like it happened but no so we were living in mead and of course fred is from mead and we were trying to get pregnant and it wasn't working but i do laugh because we moved out of mead last christmas and then Ted was conceived on Nunnignaman in Brandon in West Kerry. So when people ask me for, which I mean, they do all the time, Pam, just so you know, ask me for advice on how to get pregnant. My first question is, are you living in Meath? In which case you need to move out of there. And more importantly, you need to move to Kerry. You need to move to Kerry because that's where the babies are made. But yeah, so we do laugh about it. Um, no like the man. I mean, ironic because of course, Women's Christmas, like nobody's supposed to be working that day. But I was, uh, there you go, nine months later, or, you know, that is obviously I was duped on that one. We all know now it's a lot longer than nine months. Um, Ted appeared. So we we're only Delira. But yeah, so we moved down here at Christmas and hilariously I keep saying the word hilariously I should probably leave that to your own judgment like I should not preface with hilariously because it's really building up Pam but we had said we'd stay until March and little did we know we heard a rumbling about something happening over in China we felt very sorry for the people over in China little did we know what was coming down the line so we ended up not staying for three months and we're still here and you ended up moving hospital. Like, were you, was Ted to be born in Dublin, but then? Ted was to be born in Dublin because at that stage, when I got pregnant, we were still, we had, obviously the gigs were happening. So we were up and down to Dublin a bit, doing various bits and bobs. And this was kind of like our base in Kerry. But we stayed in the coom. So I registered in the coom because my doctor um, was in Meeksup in Kildare. So she uh, registered me with the coom. So we were going up and down 
and then just accepted that we were not going to be having the baby in Dublin at the, you know, because obviously with everything that was going on and then we were going up for our appointments was way too much stress. Um, so we said, look, let's move to Tralee, which I was delighted with because I have always wanted to have a baby born in Kerry. Um, so I was absolutely thrilled that he was born in Tralee, like ridiculously thrilled. I mean, even when after he was born and I got the little card and like it says Tralee General, I, it just, it still just makes me so happy that he was born in Tralee and nobody can ever take that away from him. And he can play for Kerry. Well, my mother did say this. I mean, this was the first thing she said was that he can play for Kerry. Uh, that, yeah, that's a, that was a big factor as well. Because we would have disowned him if he was born in Dublin or Meath. Well, yeah, I mean, Meath. We would have been pushing it with Meath. To be, I mean, I'd still, look, don't get me wrong, of course, still would have absolutely adored him. But I think I love him that little bit more because he was born in Kerry. Like any time we go into tree, I'm like, Ted. Look, it's it's the place of your birth. I just get so excited. It's the Shkettamini are real when we pass through. <laughs> when we pass through general, I'm like, remember this place? And Shirley, how was your pregnancy? Oh, it was, well, now I have to say, I loved, loved, loved being pregnant. I really miss being pregnant. The one thing which was tough was the gestational diabetes. So that was hard, um, purely because I I kind of had looked forward to my pregnancy as the one time that I would have license to kind of, you know, eat all around me, not worry about the consequences, blah, blah, blah. So that was, that, you know, that wasn't ideal. But other than that, I loved being pregnant because I've never felt so special in my whole life. The gestation diabetes, Julie, you create her. Because it's only another friend of mine had actually she has it at the moment for her second pregnancy and it's so restrictive. Yeah, I had. Well, you see, I wonder because I felt that maybe I um I, I was kind of thinking to myself, does everyone have, who has gestational diabetes are they experiencing the same thing or is mine just a particularly restrictive experience? Because I don't know. Like for me, you know, it was tough. The diet was really grim. It was very, very grim. And then it was frustrating because I was going in, obviously I was doing my bloods and, you know, there is that feeling that you're failing in some way because you would go in and the insulin was still too high and blah, blah, blah. And like, I would be sitting there saying, guys, I can't restrict myself anymore in terms of what I'm eating. Like my diet is just so grim. I, I really cannot be doing any more than I'm doing. And you know, I even, I remember once I went in and I said to the poor person, she was so nice. And I was talking through like my diet and I, she was saying, we're trying to work out why it's still so high. And I said, well, maybe it's because I'm eating too many carrots. And she said to me, she's like, Judy, you're pregnant. You're allowed to eat carrots. But that's the point we were at with it. And then of course, anytime anyone rang me, I was traipsing up and down the road because you have to do the exercise after the meals. I mean, you have three meals a day, so you have to do the walk after the meals. Like I'm either taking blood or I'm walking. Like that was how I spent my days. So that was a bit crap. Um, but I still loved being pregnant. Like I can't actually even thinking about it now, it just makes me kind of I really I really miss it I just I did love my belly I love my tummy I loved going into shops and people kind of 
giving you a little smile you know that knowing nod that you get from yeah and I I loved as well just being minded you know going to the shop and people are asking can they help you with stuff I've like for so much of my life I have felt invisible so it really just felt like I was visible in such a wonderful way so even though it was shit and like especially towards the end because they really upped the insulin and it just felt like I was you know it just felt like a lot because I was doing a lot of injections and taking the blood and blah 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 um I still really miss it yeah I I don't know I found I loved Alice's pregnancy um but Peter's being in lockdown and I was really big like I was I just felt huge that I I didn't really enjoy that pregnancy um yeah because I I, I didn't see you I actually did I didn't see you did you so you did feel like you were much bigger with Peter Oh no, I was massive. Okay. Sure. <laughs> like there was, no, there was like no so denying it. Is it but is um, it an old wives' tale then? I always thought this is like so antiquated of me. Um, this is the equivalent of somebody saying to you, but you know you can't get pregnant the first time you have sex. I thought that when you when you you were pregnant with a boy that your bump was smaller. Is that just an old wives' tale? Well, it must be because I was humongous and actually now um, that I think yeah, through my friends uncomfortable I think it, bump. yeah I think now that I think through my friends I don't think that is true like what's weird is like he wasn't even a particularly big baby so I don't know was it like his positioning or just that it was a second pregnancy did he just find more space in there but it was a real like if you were sitting down which you know inevitably you were doing if you were work you know working and that just trying to actually get comfortable was and sleeping um trying to get comfortable asleep that was hard so it was you know obviously I'm delighted to have Peter but it wouldn't choose me to have I wouldn't be so enticed to have a third pregnancy um oh that is that is interesting you see I think yeah I I definitely I'd love to go again I would but you see that's I suppose that is the risk as well isn't it that the next time around it wouldn't be as dreamy as it was the first time around but that's okay too because that itch that like second baby itch like I had that with Alice we had Alice and it, I was like immediately I was like oh my goodness I want another baby like I was like hook it to my veins like I was just obsessed um I just knew our family wasn't complete so one if you have that itch it's a very hard one to walk away from it is I mean I've had that now even for the last couple of months to be honest I would be I would absolutely love to have another I, I I guess I would love to have another but part of me is a little bit scared because I just think Ted is so amazing he is such good crack he is so perfect I mean I really think I know everyone says this about their own baby but I really think he's the dream baby that I suppose I'm a little bit scared if I had another baby would it kind of like break the magic in some way because Ted is just so perfect I'm kind of scared to go maybe again. Maybe you get two perfect ones. But they're, they'll each be perfect in their own way. You know, they're like, you know, Alice and Peter are completely different babies. Like their personalities, their humour, their eating habits. Like absolutely, their sleeping habits. Everything is different. But they are both like perfect babies in themselves. Like I wouldn't change a thing. But they're like completely different. I guess my fear is I'm like, oh my God, if I went again, would I have like the equivalent of me? You know, I just think I was such a little terror. <laughs> Honestly, 
honestly though it's a real fear because I feel Ted is very like Fred like he's very chill very like like that is not me like I am the most neurotic person you would ever meet so my fear is that they'll be like it's a girl and the girl will have a sizable cranium and be prone to neurosis and she will be me like it will be a mini Julie so I mean I think we I look obviously this is just me hoping but we're like we're kind of trying already to be honest but I would love if it did happen but part of me is kind of scared because I'm just so obsessed with Ted how do you find it like how do you find the whole motherhood and parenting and this was life with Ted oh I mean it is amazing it is absolutely amazing I adore him I love hanging out with him he is great crack and I look at him and I just can't believe he is of me because he's just so deadly. And I guess uh, being a parent, it's funny because for me, it's probably brought up a lot of stuff from when I was a kid, you know, and that's a lot. I think sometimes it can be kind of a bit of a, a floodgate situation emotionally, can't it? That it kind of brings you back to you being a little girl again and you being a child so there there's definitely like a lot of emotional stuff that comes with being a mammy that I didn't really foresee myself dealing with um Mm -hmm. so that's been something I haven't expected but just getting to spend every day with him is just such a luxury in terms of I guess and like you know maybe it's a dirty word but I suppose in terms of work it's it has been way more challenging than I than I ever could have anticipated um I know people said you will be time poor when you have a baby but I really didn't factor in just how consuming it would be which I know sounds so naive because everyone tells you you're gonna have no time and enjoy your time now and blah 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 and I kind of thought yeah but I'll be the exception like I'm gonna you know (laughs) I'm going to be Melanie Griffith working girl and like you know this this amazing mom and doing it all and I suppose I overestimated my capacity to do everything and get everything done and I definitely have had I I, I found that hard like I really have found you know I suppose especially because I'm self-employed so you feel like you kind of can't take maternity leave because you need to be back in the game and you're doing the podcast which I love I absolutely love the podcast I love the comedy and I want to do it all and I guess it's having to reconcile myself to the fact that you can't do it all and you do have to say no to stuff because he's the priority like Ted is everything he comes first and he is my absolute joy and I'm obsessed with him but there are days when I just feel like I think I said this to you before we started recording but that I just recently have had like a lot of days where I feel like I'm doing trying to do a lot of things but mm-hmm. not doing any one thing well you know that yeah. way so it even though I am obsessed with Ted um just adore him I have found the kind of work life mammy balance art yeah it is like there is absolutely no denying it that if you were and especially for you I think because it's not like you get to leave your house to you know create content for your podcast or create content for being a comedian or a writer that you know you can't depart the house and go and do your work that you're at home so you're trying to juggle work 
at home as well but it's fluid so it's probably even harder like so when I go to work I leave and I, I go to work and I come back um so it's structured but I think for you it's it's definitely gonna like you'll definitely find that harder because you're trying to you're literally trying to do too much um and I, and I think as well and like a lot of people would have experienced this in lockdown because you are working from home and everyone I'm sure would say the same thing like if I'm down here in the back room trying to do my bits and bobs like if Ted's crying like I might have said to Fred look will you mind Ted for an hour and I know he's okay with Fred but like you just feel like a crap mother you're down you know I'm down here trying to work out how to use TikTok <laughs> and you kind of think Judy you don't have to do this like you know come on like this is not neuroscience I know you're trying to build your career blah 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 but like go I just always feel so bad I inevitably end up going to him because obviously as a self-employed person you kind of think well I'm making my own schedule so I'll just do this after Ted's gone to bed yeah and then you start the work after the child's gone to bed and look realistically we're all just pooped at that stage yeah. and you're like listen flick on flight attendant there like I've done enough so it's just it's hard because then you go to bed and you're like now I feel crap because I didn't do x y and z and you forgot the reward it's like it's turn on the flight attendant and then reward me with my tea and chocolate <laughs> like I have survived a day I am finding that really hard like I definitely like I'll be honest because we've started Fred um does the Tommy show of course I you know you know that but like so he would have been gone filming the Tommy Tiernan show and they wrapped they finished that last week because obviously they're you know a few weeks ahead um and he's back so we've tried to do this thing where okay I'll take a couple of hours and then Fred will take a couple of hours but like it doesn't you know it doesn't work like that at all like it's it's just you know as you say like things are too fluid but it's funny because what I realized today I had a moment today and it was one of those kind of like overwhelming days so I was like this is probably a good day actually to do the podcast because it's a real like I can't do everything I can't like be the best mommy in the world and the best podcaster, best comedian. You can't do it all. But I just had a moment today where I realized when I'm not on TED duty, I'm working. Like there's actually no yeah. I and I know so many mommies haven't talking having talked to them are the same that like the time that you're not with your child, you're spending it working. So you have no downtime. Totally. Yeah. And that's where I have this real it's I think it's called um like bedtime revengeance so it's like it's you finish you know mom duty and then just say you do like Julie work um and then like okay you've got time for Netflix and then you take the piss because you end up staying up late and it's pure like like you should you know in your heart okay it's half 10 11 I should go to bed but like it's the only time of the day that you own it so you're kind of being defined to the rules and going well I'm staying up because this is my time even though that time will be well spent in bed sleeping and not watching tv because you're like breaking the rules because you need a little bit of control in your life and this is like two hour window that you have per day Pam, you've hit the nail on the head because that's what I do all the time. And I think there's an element as well, like, you know, when the child goes to bed, like say when Ted's gone to bed, I'm inevitably, I'm doing a podcast usually. So I'm doing either Crimeland or Up to 90, look, um, um, or I'm doing somebody else's podcast or I'm sitting down 
trying to work out how to use TikTok, writing something or like doing blah, blah, blah. So then I don't start my Netflix time until ridiculous o'clock. So you're talking like maybe 10 o'clock, I say to Fred, let's watch something together. And it is that thing of you get a bit stubborn and you dig your heels in and you're like, no, we're watching the flight attendant. Sorry, no. And before I know it, it's like midnight. Fred has some sense and toddles off to bed and it's like midnight and I'm wired and I'm just, I know I'm going to be wrecked the next morning. I know I have a child to get up to, but it's just, it's my one time, I guess, where you can kind of come back to your pre-mammy self. When you were like pregnant with Ted and like, did you have kind of these dreams of what like motherhood would be like? Like one thing that myself and Ben had was that we would be like, you know, bringing this is I suppose when we had Alice when we had um we that we you know we'd be going for walks in the evening and maybe like a trip to the beach. Like never did we cop that like babies go to sleep at like half six seven for the night. Like how naive were we that we thought there'd be like these evening strolls with these like perfectly happy babies. And you know we did it once and like she cried and um so much and we were like never again is this happening. It's, I think, I I mean, I was fairly naive going into it, like, for sure. I definitely, you know, I did, like, the same thing. I kind of envisaged, um, you know, going for the family lunches. And obviously, like, brunch, there was a lot of brunch in my mammy vision. Uh, none of the brunches have happened. Thank you, COVID-19. Um, but, you know, like, th- there was a lot of that, like, kind of strolling as a family and day trips and blah, blah. I mean, obviously, very little of that has happened. And generally speaking, I suppose you kind of imagine the ideal and the danger of the ideal is that it doesn't exist. So then you go for the day trip, as we did this week, 5K, don't know where, went off to Killarney for the day, not to brag, but hey, that's just how I roll. Went to Killarney and like, you know yourself, there's a bit of bickering and like, you forget something, we have to go back for something, you forget something, you have to go back for something, you worry you haven't the child dressed properly, you can't work the buggy, you can't work the sleigh, like there's all these things and you kind of fret because you're like, this should have been the perfect day that I had dreamed of, you know, when I was back pregnant with Ted. But it just it just doesn't happen that way. And I suppose it is kind of reconciling yourself to the fact that like, okay, surely things are not that fragile, that this has to be perfect. Otherwise, it has been a futile excursion. Like, we've had a perfectly lovely day. We've had a bit of bickering along the way, but that's actually okay. Yeah. As well, there's so much pressure because like that, we've been locked into this, like, tiny 5Ks and then you finally get out. It's like, must enjoy this to maximum capacity. Must bring a picnic. Must, like, all this. Must make memories. Like, look, I mean, the reality is, like, Ted is as happy. Like, he kind of looks at us when we're heading off places and he's like, really? We're trying this again? Like, Ted just loves hanging out in his gaff. But I have this fear that it, because he's a COVID baby, that he's going to end up like those kids in Nicole, you know, that Nicole Kidman film, what's called The Others? Like, you know, the, hello, mother. Like, you know, that they're going to be real indoors kids. So I just want Ted to be like outdoors, like enjoying life in Killarney, blah, blah, blah. But it just, it's hard because I know, and I know I referenced this, but for me being a mommy, it's kind of brought up a lot of stuff from when I was, small and the things that I want for Ted so I want us to go 
on trips without incident. You know, I want us to have family days out without there being any arguing. But I suppose that's just not, that's not just not rat families in real life. So I suppose I have to accept that it's not going to be like that and that's okay. And it's just really hard for me to accept that because I'm a perfectionist at the best of times, but I just want everything to be perfect for Ted. So if one thing goes awry, it's about maybe just checking myself and saying, Judy, like, it's okay. It's okay that you forgot the child's shoes <laughs> or whatever it is. It's fine. Well, especially when he's not walking. I mean, I think you can probably go easy on yourself. They're overrated, surely. <laughs> We went to Clarny this week and it was the first time that we've had a family excursion as four. Oh, wow! So we, well, when they're both eating. So we're like, we had little days out in the summer, but now they're both eating. Can I tell you, Julie, the amount of snacks that was consumed in the space of two hours. Alice is like, she is a very petite eater and she ate three rolls. There is something about an excursion, isn't there, that builds up an appetite. Myself and Ben were looking at each other going, like, we absolutely overpacked on the snack front, but yet we are running out of food very, very quickly. That is so funny. (laughs) So it's like, you know, you think by this time, like, you know, like how, like two and a half years as a parent that you would be able to nail the leaving the house, um, just going for a walk what do we need to bring with us? Absolutely not. No, there'll still be the hard stare of, oh, you forgot, insert forgotten item number 10 of the day. And you just kind of got to go, look, they're happy. They're happy. We're happy. Did, did we really need that extra hat or sweatshirt or whatever? Like that? I know. And you see, it is really like I feel as well, because obviously I'm kind of the last one of all my mates to have babies, to be honest. Um, So most of my friends, their kids are maybe like they're well out of the baby phase, like, you know, like they're four and five and six or whatever. But so I suppose because I've been physically separated from a lot of my friends and as well because we live in quite um, now it's a gorgeous place and all the rest, but it's quite far from town. So I've always been a townie. So with the nature of things, I haven't been calling into my mates asking for tips because obviously we're, you know, in lockdown and then you go to town and the weather hasn't been great. So it's not really ideal for meeting people for walks. And I guess I kind I felt a bit isolated in terms of like, say, even you saying there about forgetting stuff like it's only this week now I feel confident with Fred and Fred, I was going to say Fred and the sling. (laughs) Oh no, that's an insight into our sexy, sexy time. Like that's for another podcast. Ted in the sling. Um, but it's funny because it's only this week that Fred in the sling. Um, but actually, you know what? I'm always mixing up their names. I'm always saying things like we're out and about. I'm like, Fred, come on, you need a nappy change. Like it's just Ted. Ted is the baby. I keep on trying myself. Um, but it's just, it's just, yeah, like it's, it's funny because I have felt a bit isolated because we're physically so far and I know there's friends of mine I can ask, but you see, it's hard. Like I'm here with the baby saying, couldn't work out watching the YouTube videos. What am I doing wrong? Couldn't work it out. You ring your friends and on a zoom call, it's hard. Like I think you need to be physically with someone for somebody to say, no, this is how you do it. Like, even when I've rang friends and asked, can you help me with this, like, on a WhatsApp call or whatever, I just, even yesterday, actually, this is funny, I went into town with Ted, 
and I had this thing on and I could tell I had it on wrong but I couldn't work out what was wrong so I actually went into Welsh's chemist because I knew on the on the premise of wanting to buy something but I just wanted them to help me put the sling on and I was like god like there's something kind of a bit sad that like he is seven months old and I am having to go into a chemist and openly say I actually can't do this can somebody help me with this so I guess it's kind of surrendering yourself to the not knowing is hard like to yeah. say to say to someone to go into a shop and be like oh you should have seen me Pam I had to oh like what did I come in for again just picked up like a lip balm or something so why am here like does anyone know because obviously all the girls in there have had kids and blah blah does anyone know like why Ted looks like completely wrong in this and then they helped me but I was like god like it probably has been a bit isolating and then I feel bad because then you you feel guilty because you're like geez if I'd only come in here four months ago Ted could have been going around in the sling then you know it's 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 just constant guilt in a way isn't it being a mammy I mean yes like always there's like it's you know I even what you feed them it's like oh there's sugar in that that fruit smoothie and you're like well at least it's fruit um but I honestly don't think that people that have had babies and are even just parents during a pandemic I don't think we're giving ourselves enough credit for what we are doing like you are parenting in the most extreme circumstances of you can't go anywhere um there is like a, a really bad virus it's you know and things that you do normally and like I suppose where I learned so much of my like tips and tricks of motherhood and surviving and was going for coffee with the girls and going lads this child is just not sleeping like what are you any tips this is what I'm doing find fault in my system like where are the holes here that you can pick apart and tell me what to change or you know just like all of those chats are are the things that and I can see parents that are that have had like their baby their first baby in the pandemic they don't have that and like you said like you can text and ring people but sometimes it's around the coffee table where you can actually be really vulnerable and open up and go oh I'm like I really don't know where I this isn't working and it's easier and it's more casual because I know like I'm in a a mum's whatsapp group and like you know they're very good friends of mine now most of their kids are older so I think you probably do forget stuff as you go along as well but if there's something about me saying I don't know how to do this it's as you say it's a lot easier when it's over a coffee and you can just casually throw it out there not a big deal whereas I think it seems bigger when you put it in a WhatsApp group. Like when you say, I can't work the sling. Like there's not much that they can really do to help you. But also you feel a bit more exposed by putting it on a WhatsApp and throwing it into the group. It's just much easier when it's informal and you're in somebody's company. And they can show you. Like they can physically show you. But as like the thing with being a parent and a mum is like, I remember saying to Ben at the very start, we came home with Alice and it, every time he'd be constantly asking me questions. Like I was some mother encyclopedia of how do I do this or what is that? And I was, I, I had to say to him like a couple of days in to her being home, I was like, I don't know. I am as clueless as you are. Please stop asking me questions because I like I'm winging it just as much as you are. And we bought a new sling. It was a, a baby wrap actually for Peter. And like that, I was like, I had it for ages when I was pregnant. I was like, sure, how hard can it be to put it on? So I didn't bother practicing. Um, 
and then uh i watched the video that the company had that the brand had and i was like nah still couldn't do it so i messaged one of my friends going can you please send me a video of you putting on your sling because i cannot make it work and in fairness to her she met, she recorded herself putting on her sling and sent it back to me and so i eventually got it i think ben actually had to watch the video again with me and get the sling on so even though we don't know stuff it is totally okay to say i don't know because like it's a skill that like you know i, I some you know we're not born with it um and some things like there's some things that your gut will definitely tell you like you knew the sling wasn't right so you, like your your motherly instinct like went kicked in but just because you didn't know how to fix it isn't like a and I think I think it's just like it is the nature of it that it does as like Fred is like the most amazing dad like he is so great um and I know Ben like is so fabulous as well but like realistically it does I feel like the mammies are definitely way more bogged down in guilt and it does fall to the mammy more mm-hmm. so like even in terms of like where's Ted's birth cert like it's yes. invariably going to be like the mammy who's like hang on I have it here and I suppose it's assuming that role like I guess the first time like we took Ted to town which was a bit of a disaster because we couldn't work the pram and we had to come back and blah 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 but I just remember like leaving saying oh my god like I am the mammy I have to have this nappy bag packed so even when we were in town Fred was like oh actually did you bring a bottle I was like of course I brought a bottle you know but it was this it, well it wouldn't have been a bottle at that stage because I was breastfeeding so it probably would have been something but I just remember him turning to me casually asking do you have wipes or whatever it was I was like of course because it felt to me you know it, it does kind yeah. of fall to the mammy I'm not sure why that is but it feels like the mammy is like the administrator in this that like you have Absolutely. to have all the bits administrator personal shopper um like pa to like diary invites um organizer of said birthdays and decor cake bookings uh Uh, it's insane it It is insane insane. yeah and like you know it is just it's and i mean like i'm so lucky with fred because he's absolutely amazing but i definitely think i have taken more and he would say that as well that I have taken on more just in terms of we need to get him this we need to sort that we need to do x y and z and it's just it's way more than I anticipated um and I guess it does come back to that thing of just wanting things to be perfect for your baba because you love them so much and then as Fred always says and he is so right he's like that child is so happy like that's the only metric I think this is this is where the difference between the parents come in and and like the men and the women is that the men will like they just see it clearly the baby is happy and that's what they see it doesn't matter that there's food on their face that the child is in a dirty bib or that they're wearing two odd socks They, they like they don't see any of that they look at the baby and they go happy baby they're and they don't complicate it with anything else and all of the the stuff like some of the stuff we have to do like you know gp cards and childcare and you know birth certs like all of those like key admin jobs of course have to happen but it's ourselves that do the whole oh you know do we have have i bought like the the latest trend in bibs and do i have like five lovely outfits for the week ready for them and they don't 
men just don't see that like it's it's a total like sometimes I think to myself if I stopped buying clothes for the kids like what would happen like like would the would the child end up wearing like some random t-shirt well, we did, or yeah I did a sketch video on that like it is funny you know when Ted when Fred is dressing Ted if he's dressing him up in the morning and Ted comes out and I'm like, what did your daddy dress you into? That doesn't make any sense at all. <laughs> and it's like that kind of passive aggression. But like it is mad, like yesterday now, um, <laughs> Ted was dressed in, like, I mean, I was laughing because I have a box here of like clothes Ted has grown out of. And Fred, I thought that this was the current clothes box. So he had gone in and dressed him. I was like, you're like a Dublin footballer. Like this really tight, like T-shirt and kind of like, almost culottes I was like no I mean like they're they're now chinos they were tracksuit bottoms so can we not dress them like Stephen Cuxton please so we'd go that by that but then today I came out and he had his top on back to front and I was like his top's on back to front Fred was like who cares he's cool and then like he was saying to dad like you're a cool dude hey I don't wear I wear my top how I want blah blah and they were having a good laugh but and I was like, geez, like, am I going to be this person now? The per- you know, I'm going to be the mommy saying, his chaps on back to front. Like, who cares? The child doesn't mind, like. I know, but that's just who we are. <laughs> that's, and do you know what? You see, I suppose realistically, somebody has to be like that as well. Yeah. I mean, you know, and I knew what would happen. Like, I said that even when I was pregnant. I was like, I know that Fred is going to be all jazz hands and great crack. And I worry you know so I'll be honest like sometimes I'm with Ted and because I'm trying to multitask so I might be trying to do something for work or send a few emails or whatever I am not always as present as Fred is when he's with Ted like which I get very upset but it's probably because I'm with Ted maybe a little bit more like if Fred's obviously if he's off doing the Tommy show or whatever so I'm trying to multitask sometimes when I'm with Ted and I'm like no I just want to be as present as possible I think sometimes maybe Fred is better at that than me. Like sometimes I feel like I'm not stimulating Ted enough. Or no, because know. that's that's men and women. Yeah, like, you see, wait, Fred whips out the melodicas, so like, I'm like many... sitting him on my knee and like singing him a song or whatever. I you know singing a bit of Cardi B or whatever it is, and then Fred is sits him up at the keyboard. So he has him at the keyboard and has a melodica. And I'm like, I can't compete with this one man band. <laughs> but there's two things there there's one that like men can only do one thing at a time so that expectation of like multitasking is never going to happen I have let that go and the second thing is there I, I see it with Ben like he is just way more fun than I am and I 100% accept that I am like zero crack I agree Fred is the he, fun parent we say it all the time yeah. in this house like he's fun. He he will lie on the ground. They will jump all over him. He will sing. He will do funny dances. He will do like funny faces, and it is absolutely natural for him to do that. And he's amazing dad for that. I will never be able to fulfill that role, um, because I'm just not that. That's just not my personality. So I'm like, you know what? I will take the crazy multitasking, and you can be fun Ben dad and that is your role and like Fred is the same and I think that's just the way it like it kind of is and well you know what it that's exactly it's the same case now in our house and like I have said it's funny because then like as in we joke about Fred being the fun parent but then Fred always says yeah like I'm the fun parent but like 
he knows he's like yeah but I need mommy to stay alive like as in mommy yeah. <laughs> mommy's looking after shit over here so like even it's gas you know something's wrong which I oh it makes me melt it makes me want to actually go in and wake him up just to even look at his little squidgy face as I say this but I love the fact that he'll be having the crack with daddy but then if he gets upset or he wants comfort he wants his mammy oh I mean I never thought that would happen for me like that I would be this lucky so I don't even mind not being the fun parent like I used to secretly love with this is so sadistic of me but I will tell you I used to love like when Fred would come back from the Tommy show so he would be gone because we live in Brandon, he would go up the day before and come back, like, the day after or whatever. Um, but, like, it's funny because, let's see, he might be gone for, like, two and a half days. And he would come in and Ted would be in my arms. And he'd always kind of be a bit strange with Fred. Like, mm-hmm. as in, like, as in, how could you go? So he'd cuddle into me and he'd really hug me. And I would kind of miss that. Like, from Fred being away and him coming back and him... <laughs> picking me is that does that mean I'm a terrible person it probably does but I used to just no. and I would say come on Ted and then we have this running joke I'm like come on Ted like, no, he's Ted, your dad okay. come on and then he would warm to him again but I would love that like that he would just hug into me because like well no like she's been here like thank you thank you for your input Fred if that is re- your real name but I'm just gonna hug into mommy now if you don't mind and Ted is seven, eight months now? Seven months, yeah. Seven months. How do you see, like, what is the summer agenda for the Ted, Fred and Julie show? Well, I mean, so we're obviously, we're going to be in Brandon. What I'm hoping for is that he might get to hang out with people that aren't us. You know, like, I would like him to hang out with other babies. I'm hoping that we can all socialise more, that we can see people, because I just want him to be around people. And that's really important. And just for us as well, like, it's important. It's just been such an intense time for us as a couple. And, like, myself and Fred, like, we're very good at that, that, like, we will, you know, we will fight like cats and dogs, like, but we will always talk it through and communicate our feelings. And I think we're very good at contextualizing it so even if we do have an argument over nothing we uh, one of us will say look it's lockdown and I think a lot of couples are having these arguments because it's just so we I don't think we'll ever have an such an intense period in our whole life no like this is it this is in terms of intensity this is the most testing time so I think what will be important for us as a family as well is for us to even have our own time like whether that is like going off meeting a friend for lunch or whatever it might be I think it's just really important for us to have some solo time as well because I think that will help us as a family yeah absolutely um it's and it's 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 like would you ever have imagined that we were saying god like we're, we're looking forward to having a lunch with a friend I know like it's something like all of that freedom we just took for granted and so that'll tell you how like abnormal the circumstances it's are very in abnormal. Tense it is. and I'm always saying I think it's going to take us years like well like not years but it's going to take us a long time I think to process just yeah. how difficult this has been now there's has been advantages in other ways but like I think we're definitely at the stage now where for me the last week I'm starting to maybe crack a bit in that I feel like I'm just I just need we we all just need a change of scene it doesn't matter where you are yeah totally 
Julie. It's Ash. It's time, it's Ash. I know, I know. I'm sorry. Three tell questions. Me. True question time. Tell me this. What would you tell your pregnant self? I would tell my pregnant self. Rather than go with what I what I was going to say, I'm just going to go with what I feel in this moment. I would tell my pregnant self to be nicer to herself. Um, I would say, Julie, cut yourself some slack here. Because I feel like when I was pregnant, I kind of went into, um, I kind of got myself into a bit of a tizzy in that I felt like, I wasn't going to be visible anymore work-wise because I was pregnant. And there was one thing in particular, um, there was a TV show that I thought I might be on the subs bench for just to be a guest on it. And I wasn't called up and it kind of set me into a bit of a panic. And I then worked myself to the bone, like to the bone while I was pregnant to such an extent that I was in, you know, having been induced and I was still sending emails, like ridiculous stuff. I wish I could go back and just say, you know what, Judy, you're never going to get this opportunity again because if you are lucky enough to get pregnant again, you will have another little baba to look after. So why not actually just say it's okay to be nice to yourself and give yourself a break? Because I'm very bad at that. I'm very hard on myself. Um, I was, And I just feel I was a bit too hard on myself when I was pregnant. So I would say, Julie, be nice to yourself and one product that you couldn't live without well this is a funny one but i would have to say keeping it current i would have to say this is such a random one voice notes like for me especially when fred has been gone with the tommy show or work or whatever he's been doing the voice notes have been a godsend they have helped me reconnect with friends all around the world that i have fallen out of touch with because as we all know like I'm not a big texter so if you're living in Australia it's hard to coordinate a phone call blah 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 and what I love about the voice notes is it never feels like I'm alone so I have a friend and my best buddy from college he will send me voice notes I think his latest was 27 minutes long that's his record by the way so it's a little personal podcast it keeps me company it makes me feel less alone and what I like about voice notes and I think this is so important for mammies like if I get a call it might not suit me at that particular moment to take that call whereas what's gorgeous about a voice note is you can tap into it when you're ready and you're feeding the baby or whatever it is and it has been an absolute godsend for me. So I would say voice notes. And what has been your magic moment? Well, my magic moment um, would have to be, because I was thinking to my phone in particular, and then I was like, I'm just going to say this one because this is the moment for me. It's the moment when Ted sees me in the morning, every morning, that is the magic moment. And what I love about it is, you know that smile you get when they see you, and I say to him every morning, I say, guess what, guess what, Ted? And he kind of looks at me and gives me a smile. And I say, we get to spend another day together. And we have a big kiss. And I say to Fred all the time, <laughs> practically on the daily, what I love about that moment is that he can't believe it's me. He is so surprised and so <laughs> delighted. He's like, wow, you're here. I didn't see that one coming. And I just, I just love that. So that is the moment, that first moment. Julie, thank you so much for taking the time to record the podcast with me. Um, I have loved our chats, as I always do. Oh, I've loved it too, Pam. Thank you so much for having me. 
You're very welcome. Thank you for listening to today's episode of For All Mankind. If you enjoyed it, please rate, review and subscribe. If you would like to send me a message, please email forallmankind at gmail.com or find me on Instagram. And see you in the next episode of the podcast. Gardner Family Apothecary are the official sponsors of For All Mankind podcast. Caring for your sensitive skin with their ELAV and OVEL solutions, proudly made in Ireland since 1934. From Ovel Silcox Base to Elav's Sensitive Beauty, their unique formulations provide low irritancy, cruelty-free and sustainable skincare solutions for you, your family and your sensitive skin. You can keep up to date with all of their news, discounts and exclusive offers across Instagram, Twitter and Facebook at Gardner Family Apothecary. Visit GardnerFamilyApothecary.com for free next day delivery with purchases over €25. Euro.